0: No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the Cross Kingdom Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message from Justin Carpenter. Increase into the room. You know, in turbulent times, the enemy wants to steal your peace. Because if he can get you to step into anxiety... And out of peace, it makes it extremely difficult to hear the voice of the Lord, right? Um, the other thing I want to say is there's some people in the house today you have been away from the Lord for a while and I just heard the, se- the Lord say, welcome home. There, it, it, you, you have been prodigals and the Lord has brought you back. And there's some of you right now in this room that have been battling with sins you've not told anybody about and it's wearied your soul and the Lord says he sees your cry he sees your weakness and you just simply need to surrender to him yeah some of you have actually fighting depression and you've not understood why you're fighting depression and that depression has come upon you because of the of uh, giving in to certain sins and I, I don't say this to um, expose you or anything. I'm saying that that is the that is the root. Many times we don't understand the battle between our spirit and our soul, and and your soul. When your soul is ruling, it's going to create issues. It's going to create. Um, it many times when our soul is ruling us, it's actually even seen in our physical body. Um. I told the Lord that I would really focus on not trying to be prepared and more surrendered, which makes you more vulnerable. And um, I will have a reoccurring dream from time to time that it's time to worship, and all of a sudden I'm missing drum set pieces. And like literally, it's time to start. Service is starting. And I'm trying to like fix the toms. And where'd my cymbal go? Where'd my bass pedal go? And for me, that's God's language with me in my dream life, right? That the, I am, that's what's going on. It's a self-conditioning dream. That's what's stirring in my soul. I have, uh, I've had several uh, um, warfare dreams this week. And, and battling off anxiousness. And, um, I have a master's degree in carrying burdens and saying I don't. And Lisa has to say, are you, uh, are are you being, she calls me Mr. Grumpy Pants. Like when I am fatigued from ministry, I, um, I am sometimes called Mr. Grumpy Pants around the house as my nickname. That's not necessarily the fruit of the spirit, by the way, if you're wondering. And, um. You know, it's, um, man, I, f- it, I don't know how y'all are feeling, but it is like lit up. I, I almost feel that there's, it's really good up here. Um, so I may fumble a little bit, but you'll have to deal with it. Um, I guess it was Saturday morning. I was headed to go work out with Chris Cother. By the way, I just want to give you a side note on that. He's got this contraption that sits on your head. And and it looks like Saturn upside down. And there's this stretch, like, and you pull it back. And and he's got us holding our posture perfect, right? And our head in place. And then taking cables and doing shoulder presses. Anyways, I was wondering why I was having a headache right here this morning. Because my neck muscles that go all the way to my eyeballs (laughs) or a tad bit sore, but no, on the way there, I heard the Lord say that we are in an Isaiah moment, and of course, I've learned that when he says something to me, I need to know I don't understand why he's telling me it, so anytime the Lord asks you a question, it's because you do not know the answer, even though you think you do. Remember that, because in order to, when God releases revelation to you, it's always for the purpose of a conversation. God always gives you revelation for relationship. So don't hear the Lord say something, take it and run. Engage it and enter into relationship with him. Whew. And I asked the Lord, I think this is where I get to look undignified. I asked the Lord, and he said very clearly, he said, The train of his robe. We are in an Isaiah moment, and we are about to see the glory of God move and fill our lives in this earth like we've never seen before. What's interesting about that is the word for train, the train of his robe. For that Hebrew word, it can also be translated him. And in this, I'm getting all this while I'm driving, y'all, and I do drive good. And I'm driving, and all of a sudden, I realized that word is also hem. Now, why is that important? Because the woman with the issue of blood said, "If I can just touch the hem of his garment, or the hem of his robe, I will be healed." And and with an increase of the glory of God filling the house, which you're the house, you should not think it strange that we're in a pruning season. Because in principle, it's just like the old covenant: what you could get away with in the outer courts would kill you in the holiest of holies. See in Acts, when the glory of God was close, guess what happened? There was swifter correction. It, it was. It wasn't the fact. I remember uh, Chris Ballington talking about this. He says it wasn't the fact that Ananias and Sapphira lied to the Holy Spirit. It was when they lied. They didn't recognize the time and the season they were in. And there's, it should not make us wonder that the fire of God is purification. It's like the coals in of Isaiah. Because what happens after we, we actually see the glory of God, a commissioning of God comes. And the Lord's going to begin to ask many of you to do things you don't want to do. And you're just going to have to suck it up and get over it. I mean that in the nicest way possible. But we are, we are in a place now where we've cried out for the glory of God. We've cried out for a, a move of God. We've heard prophecies about a billion soul harvest. We've heard all these things and God is moving closer and so the exposure of unrepented sin is getting exposed because it says in his light we see light with him as the fountain of life. We're going to have to get very comfortable with the word repentance repentance is not a bad word it's not from condemnation repentance is actually taking the dirt off of you that doesn't belong removing it and pulling down those places of darkness that you lived in so that the light that is in you can actually radiate and then the world will actually see the light that you carry and will be drawn to that light Jesus always the sinners always loved Jesus it was the religious that didn't Anytime someone's sins become public It's only because they stiff arm the Lord In the private for so long And then his increased mercy and love comes And exposes them Because it says what? Desire gives birth to sin And sin when it's fully grown brings what? Death God doesn't want death in our life that way He, He wants life He came to give us an abundant life Listen, uh, two days ago, the Jerry Falwell Jr. just had to leave Liberty University because of, of some... There was a picture he took that was extremely inappropriate with a young girl. And no one knows any of the details, but I'm telling you, you better understand the time you're in. From the, back in 2012, 2013, 2014, I kept saying, listen, God's about to... Expose Unrepented sin I know this isn't a, a popular subject But we have to get comfortable In the body of Christ and, and we have to understand That when Jesus died on that cross It wasn't so you could have sin management Right it wasn't so we could have pet sins and say Jesus I love you with all my heart Except for this thing right here He's called anger And if you get too close I'm going to loose some on you I need him You can take everything else Lord Hallelujah <laughs> But no seriously He came To remove Sin He came to kill the old man He's not trying to resurrect the old guy. He's not trying to make a better old you. Right? It's a new man, a new creation. The old man can't stand in the holiest of holies. The old man's not seated with Christ in heavenly places. The old man can't become translucent and walk through people during the midst of persecution. See, I think with the Isaiah 6 moment, I think that we're about to see God move in unprecedented ways. I think that we're going to get back into a time where angelic visitations are so common. If, an, if somebody's angel comes to the door, we're not going to move. But we're far from that right now. If an angel came to the front door, this place would be empty. All 250 of you would be in the foyer trying to get a look. The problem is all of you at one point or another have actually entertained angels through dreams and you didn't realize it. See, I have a passion for the ways of God and I know that it's cost me because of the things that I teach and believe. But it's not worth comparing to knowing him. Have you read the Bible lately? Is it it not strange? So it's okay if people think you're strange. They should. They should. Let me tell you something. I was at the pool yesterday with Lisa, and that's how I got beat red. I was laying there for a couple hours. Do you know how good? That's good therapy. And... I was laying in the pool floating and all of a sudden my oldest son comes Uh, and it looked like from a distance he had a bouquet of flowers or something. And here he comes with our platter and he made a charcuterie board and put it... and put it... and brought this charcuterie board full of cheese and meats and everything right between our two chairs and um, and then uh, brought us some bubbly waters and some chardonnay and like it was like we're at a, a, a day spa and, and he says y'all are so busy I just wanted you to rest course, I had my sunglasses, and I was sitting there, and, and it hit me in my heart, just like it is right now, <laughs> and I'm like, Lord, She's, Lisa's like, why are you crying? I'm like, because God is using my son to touch the deep places of my heart, and he's healing my heart in deeper places that I need through my son. And to know, to, to see him. And, you know, I shared with you all the week before he prayed with me, I'm like, like two weeks in a row the Lord has chosen to bring healing to my heart through my oldest son. And sometimes we can get so focused on how we think God has to move. We can, we can, we can get so focused on how we think we have to hear from him. And then the Lord turns the channel on us. See, I'm a seer, and and, and uh, can you hear me now? Um, I'm, I'm a seer, and so a lot of times my revelation comes through seeing. I will see and, 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 and feel, but, you know. And then there are times where the Lord will turn the channel on me, and all of a sudden I just have knowings. And I remember when he first did that to me, I was like, Lord, I don't like that, I want to see I'm like, I want to see first and then know. And, um, And the Lord actually corrected me for the misuse of discerning of spirits early on because I was actually discerning people to see whether or not I could trust them, not what God was saying to me to them so that they could get free. Does that make sense? See, if we don't get our souls healed up, then the gifts that God's placed inside of us will be tainted. They they will be misused. But as our souls are healed up, then the revelation we receive from him will filter through a clean filter, and you'll actually get the right interpretation. Right? No hamburger helper. Not a little Jesus and a whole lot of you. You know, anytime you prophesy, say what he said and stop. Right, don't don't keep on and then say, or at least if you feel like you need to expound, say, and this is what I believe, to make a distinction between the word of the Lord and you and what you're perceiving in your own thoughts. Last week, I I um I didn't leave you a real clear for. Uh, interpretive process, and if you have a pen, I'm going to give you four things so that you are on track. Number one, who or what is the dream about, and what area of your life does it refer to? Number one, I'm literally just going to give you four easy steps. Number one, who or what is the dream about, and what area of your life does it refer to? For instance, your character. Um, are you observing? Are you uh, participating? Is it speaking of your work, school, family, or church? Number two, is the dream positive or negative? And is it bright or dark? Many times you'll notice that when you're in a difficult season and you're having very difficult dreams, they are, the dreams are at night, are they muted and it's almost like if there is color there it's like there's a vehicle under the light and it and it's a muted color not bright and vivid and that will help give you understanding on where the source of that's coming from number 3 are there any repeated themes in the dream or common dreams and we're going to actually go over common dreams which will help you in the streets with dream interpretation. What's interesting, last Monday, as soon as we ta- I talked on Dreams and Visions last Sunday, last Monday, we went to Fredericksburg uh, with a couple of friends for a person's birthday, and um, we were at uh, Augusta Vin. We, we went to a winery, and, wa- and we were watching them crush grapes. They have these metal poles with feet, fake feet on them. <laughs> And they're crushing the grapes and everything, and we get to the, the desk, and the, the owner's son's there, and we start talking, Lisa's talking with uh, Sally, and they start talking about orbs, I'm like, well, so I start, I, I start, like, feeling, because as they're talking, I'm, I'm feeling for Cody, and whether or not, how he's gonna respond in his spirit, and, um, and we start talking, and so he's a photographer, so I thought, oh, I'm going to show him a cool picture. So I showed him the picture that um, Deanna took, what, maybe a year and a half ago, of the administrative offices, and there's a rainbow over the administrative offices, and there's two portals, light beams, that come down in the middle of the picture. And it, and I know when you take panoramic pics, you can get distortions and everything, but you can clearly see the reflection of the one light beam on the roof and then there's no reflection on the other and uh, I showed him that and he asked this question he goes have y'all ever seen any of those things in real life? and so the next thing you know I start talking to him about the spiritual realm and, and lights and orbs and dreams and visions and he had been having night terrors for 37 years and so I got to pray for him to break night terrors off his life. I'm telling you, people are hungry for spirit, the spiritual life, the, tr- the, the true spiritual life that only Jesus can give. And we have got to get out of our religious boxes and understand that God wants to use us like Daniel's. He wants us to have understanding of these ways so that people are coming to us and not to the lost for interpretation. You know, if if somebody says, who's your spirit guide? You say he's the spirit of truth. You know, you want to be enlightened? I'm going to pray to the light of the world so that he'll light you up. I'm not kidding. I'm not watering down truth. Paul said, I become all things to all people so that I might what? Save some. If you don't think people are dying and And crying out and responding to the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the world right now. Look at Hollywood. Look at all of the supernatural movies. I'm not saying they're good movies. I'm just saying that there is a spiritual hunger out there that people are looking right now. And they're only responding the only way they know how because they are lost and in darkness. So therefore they're drawn to darkness in that moment. And only darkness is around them. But if the true light comes around them, you can actually point them to the light, and they can actually then truly become enlightened. Okay. Number four, what are the three to four main points of the dream? Remember, you break it down to its simplest form. Again, what are the three or four main points of a dream? See, I remember... God can give you encouraging dreams. I remember living in Denver when um, we were at, at Rich's Church. And Lisa was back here, and Lisa had a dream one night. And in her dream, she was on the shore of a lake. It was completely foggy. She could just make somebody out in a boat. And as, as she's in this dream, all of a sudden she hears, don't forget, tell them 45 Don't forget, tell them 45. She wakes up the next morning. She calls me. I think you were here, and I was back in Denver. I don't know what holiday or whatever. Um, And Lisa calls me and says, hey, what does 45 mean? I'm like, huh? And she goes, what does 45 mean? And I'm like, "Uh," and she told me she had a dream. I said, well, I'm not sure. And I asked the Lord, and I didn't get anything. And so... um, I went to, I worked my way through trying to hear from the Lord. So I I had a book um, called The Divinity Code, and I just referenced it to see, you know, what they said biblically. And they had 45, and they had scriptures. And it said, going through trials and tribulations with the grace of God, followed by revival. Now, isn't it interesting that this current president is number 45? And we are going through trials and tribulations with the grace of God, but revival is here. That was good. See, so you have to understand that you hear me talk a lot about the pictograph language of the Hebrew language. And I talk about the pictographic meaning of, of, the, of those words like shalom. And the pictograph meaning means to remove the chaos that causes anxiety. So the result is tranquility. That's the pictographic meaning. The, every one of those letters has a number meaning to it. In fact, did you know in the book of Daniel that there's an angel over numbers? His name is Palmoni. He's the wonderful number numberer. Number. But he's literally the angel over numbers. Why do you think all you prophetic people start seeing numbers, right? I started seeing 1111. Uh, 11. And then two 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 2 again and, and started seeing all... And not looking for it, that's the key. Like, because, you know, you can be right twice a day. I'll let that set. But in the midst of this, y'all, we, we are supposed to be absolutely undone by the awe of God. And that the, as we, like Isaiah, begin to, to see the glory of God... That is designed to absolutely radically change us. I remember one time I was asking the Lord, Lord, please give me better understanding. Give me revelation of the awe of God. And one night I went to sleep, and all of a sudden I found myself outside of my body, suspended above the earth, and the Lord simply rotated me in a 360 radius above the earth, And all I could see was the universe as far as your eye could see. And then it was over. And he gave me that dream to show me an aspect of the awe of God. You have to understand something. When when the Lord speaks to us in the night, we usually can't argue with him. We're sleeping. It says I will speak to them in a dream, but I will make myself known to them in a vision. Right? Numbers 12:6. So understand that when God speaks to you in a dream, he's speaking to you. When he gives you a vision, he's making himself known of what he's about to do in your life. I know I've only got a few minutes, but hang in there. One of the categories of dreams is healing dreams. You know, you can actually get literal healing of the heart in a dream, and it's real. You understand, God came to Abraham while he was sound asleep and cut covenant with him in his sleep. So when we teach our children, oh, don't worry, it was just a dream. Who said that before? Oh, don't worry, that was just a dream. We're unintentionally telling them to not value one of the ways in which God speaks. Rather, when, God, when, a, when your kids come to you with a dream, it's an opportunity to mentor them in the way in which God speaks and then help them decipher the dreams that are from God, the dreams that are from them, and the dreams are from the enemy because those are the only three sources that dreams come from. But our culture has taught us not to value those ways that God speaks because they're not tangible, they're not logical, so therefore they're of no value because that's a Greek mindset. If you hadn't figured it out, God doesn't speak to us linear. It's abstract. It's dimensional, right? Like the love of God, the height, the depth, the width, the length. So in order for us to get, am I, I'm not losing you, am I? Are you with me? In order for us to get closer to the Lord, we have to stop thinking with this logical, tangible brain and understand that he's after your heart He's after, it says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. So being renewed to think like Christ and have the mind of Christ, it goes way beyond your logical thinking. If you just think logically, you're thinking in earthly terms, and you're going to get earthly results. Number two, flushing dreams. This can happen because um, you've brushed up against someone. And, you've, and maybe they had something affecting them. And all of a sudden, you have a dream that night where you, like, do something inappropriate. And you're like, what in the world? And you start beating yourself up. And the Lord just flushed that so that it wouldn't affect you and it wouldn't defile you. Many, many of the people you're going to deal with in the streets are actually having calling dreams or destiny dreams. And one of the best things to do with people is ask them about their reoccurring dreams. Who's had reoccurring dreams? I guarantee you if we had the time and we sat here for a couple hours and I began to do dream interpretation over reoccurring dreams, there would be amazing things opened up. Because the reason why it's reoccurring is if A, it's fear-based, you've not turned around to face what's chasing you. Or B, B, It's reoccurring because God really wants you to get this and you haven't gotten it yet. That's the reason for reoccurring dreams. God will give you calling dreams, warning dreams. You can have false dreams like in Zechariah 10:2 for the idols speak delusion. The diviners envision lies and tell false dreams that come through their soul, they reveal the plans of the enemy. You can have body dreams. And these come as a result of being sick or if you're pregnant. You can actually, as a, if you're a pregnant mother right now, you can actually intertwine. Why are you laughing? Because I went like this. <laughs> your, your, your dreams as a mom can actually intertwine with your baby dreams. And you, you, their dreams and your dreams come together and it can get really weird. I mean, I don't know from experience. I'm just saying that I've heard... Right? You agree? Okay. <laughs> Chemical dreams, let me tell you something. If you're taking medication, if you overindulge in alcohol or or prescription drugs, these things will affect your dreams. So if, if you know you're like on a medication right now, your dreams are whacked out, that don't it's not the Lord. It's okay. I snapped my ankle in half in two thousand and eight on a spec house. And I fell off a ladder. I went to kick the ladder away from me. And I got my leg caught between the two steps and it snapped both bones. So I've got two titanium screws there and a plate and five screws right here. And I was taking hydrocodone, hydrocodone, coding, coding whatever, like Vicodin. Let me tell you, as someone that's very sensitive to the spiritual realm, that was not a good idea. And I literally weaned myself off of that pain med. After about three or four days myself because I could not handle the second heaven dreams I was having. I was in spiritual warfare in the most whacked out realm all night long for a few nights. And I told the Lord I would rather be in physical pain than to go through one more night of this. And, and understand this, for those that have come out of addiction, there, there have been doors through that addiction that were opened up on your life to the second heaven and some of your dreams are going to be second heaven based and some of that battle and so you need to get those things addressed and shut Um, self-conditioned dreams most of your dreams are going to be self-conditioning it's like the Lord saying hey this is where you're at this is what you're going through right now many 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 of your dreams are going to be like what you're walking through in that moment courage dreams that's what I had I was discouraged because we had our butts handed to us during that time period and I went from over a six figure income after the housing market busted, I I think our lowest point of being humbled was like less than 25 grand for the year and yeah, it felt so good thank you Jesus but I needed to be humbled and uh, the Lord used it to humble me and um, so I also needed encouragement after that moment as well. I remember being in our house in 2009, before we moved, Cole was just, you know, he's 6'2 now, he was really short, and uh, he was probably, what, four years old, and I was in intercessory whining mode, and I told Lisa, I said, uh, I said, can't we just get some peace, And, and something about the storm and peace. And Cole looks at me and Lisa and goes, it's not about the peace, dad. It's about the storm. And all the hair on my neck stood up. Lisa and I looked at each other. I was like, what in the heck? I'm like, you got anything to add to that? Listen, people, people will speak the word of the Lord to you, uh, and they won't even know it. God will speak through children. God will speak through your own children to you if you'll pay attention. Amen. And God will speak through complete strangers that don't even know the Lord at times. Oh, I've, I've two, I can tell you, on a handful, and I know that might bother some of you, but you'll have to get over it. He spoke through a donkey. He can speak through a lost. Amen. And I, I remember somebody, I was talking in conversation. And all of a sudden, I felt the Lord hit me with revelation as they were talking. And they had no clue what they said. No idea whatsoever. God will give you correctional dreams. And if you are in ministry and called to be a leader, guess what? You're going to get a whole lot more correctional dreams than others because you're held to a higher standard. Directional dreams. Those will normally come through visions. Here's where I, uh, I want to say this intercession dreams. Not every dream you have is meant to leave your mouth. There there are dreams God will give you as you get closer to Him, and they're only meant for intercession. You have to understand that. Sometimes you you may get a second heaven dream, which means it's what the enemy's plans are in the second heaven, and you see it, and it wasn't that God, it's not that it came from God, but he allowed it to expose the enemy's plans to get you to intercede against it. Do you understand? Paul said the third heaven, that's the hep, right third heaven, God's there. Are you with me? The second heaven is where all the spiritual warfare is going on, where you have good principalities, fallen principalities. It's where Daniel said, I, uh, Gabriel told Daniel, I was held up for 21 days fighting the prince of Persia. That's where it's on. And there are times where we're exposed and we, and we are allowed to see what's happening in the second heaven, not to prophesy that as if it's the word of the Lord. And there was, there was a pastor recently named Pastor Dana who had some second heaven revelation dreams and he's not a prophet and evidently he didn't have any prophetic people around him with maturity and he released these dreams as if this was God saying this is going to happen, period, and that, you know, and all of a sudden, it went viral, and it stirred a hornet's nest. See, we have to understand where we're hearing from. We have lost so much ground, y'all. And, and I know this, uh, I'm telling you, if you'll grab a hold of this well of the voice of God in the night watch, it's going to change everything. In fact, you need to stop trying to wake up to an alarm clock. Because waking up to an alarm clock is going to startle you and it's going to make it even more difficult to capture that twilight moment and, and remember your dreams. I want, to, I want to tell you from personal experience, if you have a significant dream and you know God said something in it, don't say, "Ah, oh, I'll remember it and go back to sleep for three or four hours. Because I promise you, many times you forget it. Dreams are written like with disappearing ink. Night visions are a different story. When you have a vision, it's like a tattoo that Santana put on your skin. You don't forget it. You know what I'm saying? You don't. The, 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 the encounters I've had that were actually visions, I've never forgotten them. But I, I literally have been ha- remembering two and three dreams a night in the last couple of weeks, and I haven't been writing all of them down. And guess what? I don't remember all of them. There's prophecy and revelation dreams. Basically the Lord can show you the future in your sleep I want to tell you this That When you fully grasp what happens in the night watch You're absolutely going to be praying and asking the Lord To hedge you in in the night There is so much spiritual activity happening in the night And there are human spirits moving about In the second heaven in the night Even over our region Witches and warlocks even in our region trying to stir stuff up and mess things up. I remember one encounter um, when we lived in Houston. I woke up, and there was a man sticking sideways out of my wall. And it was a dark, muted blue light, and he had glasses on. And I'd never seen astral projection before. But I woke up because I felt somebody come into the room. And I'm looking, and this guy's sticking sideways, shoulder out, and he smiles at me. And I knew it was not a demon because I discerned that it wasn't, but yet I didn't know what the heck it was completely. And as I asked the Lord and I went to release my spirit, um, it actually shot him back through that opening and it shut. Another time I was dealing with a girl uh, in a session and she had been, uh, her boyfriend was in in the new age and was astral projecting and all this stuff. Well, for those of you that have had sessions with me, I seal off the atmosphere. I said, I forbid any human spirits from channeling, translating, or astroprojecting projecting in or out of the atmosphere. And for two and a half hours, he did not know where she was. She, he couldn't find her. See, you're the ones with the authority. You're the ones that when somebody comes into the church and is trying to shift the atmosphere because they're in the occult and messing with witchcraft, guess what? you should sense that you should not be intimidated by that and you can know that you're like not today Felicia (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm I'm trying to figure out if I can share an encounter without blowing you out of the water or not um It wasn't mine personally. This goes back to the night watch because I'm trying to drive something home. You have to understand the night watch and dreams and visions and God speaking and so many things going on. You understand your spirit is not asleep, your spirit never sleeps. Your spirit doesn't need to rest. So your spirit is wide awake the whole time. And that's part of the thing when you have a dream that's not from God, it's called lucid dreaming. You mean, it means that you become aware That you're dreaming Even though you're asleep And then you can take authority Over what is not God's will Right then and there In that moment And you can shift things In your dream That literally change In the natural Does that make sense? Am I, are, are you with me still? You knew I was weird Now I'm really weird There, there are spiritual warfare dreams Fear based dreams Listen Listen so many times, especially right now, um, I just had somebody come up to me before service. They, they had this fear-based dream that their nephew or cousin was going to die. And, they, and I was like, instantly I knew it was fear-based, a fear-based dream. You have to understand, when you have a fear-based dream, that is not coming from the Lord. That's actually coming from fear inside of you that you have allowed into your life. And right now, there's tons of fear in the atmosphere and you have to understand that if you can be affected by that and it can play out in your dreams. Um, yep, definitely there will have to be a third part, but um, invention dreams. Remember when we talked about how um, Elias Howe and the sewing machine and he had the dream. Do you understand right after that when he was able to create the sewing machine, There were like, I I forgot the number of uniforms that were able to be sewn for the soldiers. That came because of a dream. There have been been other medical breakthroughs that God has given people dreams and visions. And given them inventions in their dreams. Lisa had a dream one time where um, she heard an audible voice say, Chango for change and go. And that was when she had her interchangeable boots, and uh, and it was a whole different line. And she heard change, change go for change and go. I remember early on one of my one of our cross kingdom websites. About nine months before I updated the website, I actually saw the homepage of the website in a night vision. And then months later, as I was had totally forgotten about that and was editing the website, I was like, wait a minute. What was the purpose of that? It was simply an encouragement to let, the, let me know that I was on track. There are times where God literally just does things to let you know you haven't missed it, you're not missing it, and you're right on time. See, 1222. All right, last three. Word of knowledge, I can't. There, when my brother was acting like a butthead, I can't tell you, you can ask him. I, the Lord would give me dreams, and I would call my brother and begin to describe people to a T to him, and say, because the Lord warned me to warn him that they weren't good. One time I called my brother, and I started to describe a guy I saw in a dream, and my brother was on the other side of the phone staring at him as I was describing him. And I said, don't do business with that guy. He's not a good guy. And my brother didn't listen. And I was right. Or the Lord was right. Last two. Last two, deliverance dreams. You can literally get delivered by demonic influences in your life in a dream. And then finally, soul dreams. That's where many people... It's literally, you, it's your own soul's desire for things. And if you're not careful and you mistake your own desires for God's desires, it's gonna train wreck your faith. Um, all of these dreams are given because God wants to know us. He, he loves us, he wants to protect us, he wants to keep us from shipwrecking our faith. I want to say something. If Paul told Timothy to remember the prophetic words that were spoken over his life so that he could wage the good warfare, are you valuing the prophetic words that you've received? Do you, do you have them written down? To, do you go back and look at the words that have been spoken over your life that you know were from the Lord? Do you use those words when you're discouraged and been feeling down? And defeated, and the enemy's whispering to you, saying that you're not going to make it, that you're not going to get there, that you've, that you've fallen in this area one too many times. And then all of a sudden, that prophetic words there, and the Lord saying, No, this is what I created you for. This is what I created you to do, and you will fulfill your purpose. And you use those words to strengthen yourself, like David did with Ziglag. Like these, it says, our spiritual weapons of righteousness in our left hand and in our right, our weapons of warfare are not carnal. These are spiritual weapons, and God can give you a prophetic word through a dream or a vision, not just a, just a person speaking that prophetic word. You can get that word through a dream and an encounter. And here's the important thing. Don't negate the strength of what he's saying to you because of the way in which it came. So if you get a prophetic word through someone, listen, there's a strength of revelation as he speaks to us, but guess what? God came to Abraham when he was sound asleep. Do you get that? The father of the faith, Abraham, he was out cold, people. He wasn't (laughs) awake. And he cut covenant with him. So if he cut covenant with him while he was asleep, do you not think that God's speaking to you in your sleep and that it it holds tremendous weight? Tremendous weight. That spiritual realm realm coenzips it coexists with the natural realm. And, and listen, one day, this right here, hit yourself softly. This physical body is what's holding you in this realm. But your spirit, at the same time, is in the spiritual realm. You're two places at once. You're seated with Christ in heavenly places. So guess what? In the midst of all of this, all the fake news, CNN... ABC, NBC, whatever other fake news there is, they are trying to grab your minds and shift what you believe and how you perceive. Do you understand that? And it's our job to live from the place of being seated with Christ in heavenly places with the mind of Christ to literally hear from Him and bring heaven to earth. Do you understand that? We're not trying to get earth to heaven. We're trying to get heaven to earth. And these are the ways in which God speaks and he reveals our plans and he gives you these gifts so you can destroy the works of the evil one, not just stare at each other and encourage each other. If you want to see God move in extraordinary ways, you better seek him in extraordinary ways. If you want to see God move, you want to see the glory of God like you've never dreamed, then you better align yourself and surrender yourself, posture yourself in a place of submission and humility. It says Moses was the most humble man on the earth. If you don't think humility ties in with the way God is going to reveal himself, or I should say the strength of the glory of God, the way he reveals himself. He's not going to do something that destroys you. Paul said that he had a thorn, a messenger of Satan, to buffet him only because of the great revelations that he had received. There's no Pauls in here, so don't give me, oh, oh, I've got a thorn. No, you don't. Get over it. There's no Pauls in this room. Sorry. I'm not being mean. Like, Paul was taught face-to-face by the Lord Jesus, taken up. Anybody been taken up, taught face-to-face for a long period of time with Jesus? Because we're going to walk by your shadow. So, if y'all would stand. I'm getting all fired up. I could go another hour. Thank you for listening. For more messages and other resources, please subscribe to this podcast or go to our website at www.crosskingdom.org.